0: Plus. Good, evening
1: it's it's Jamie Vardy. Good evening and welcome to It's 11, it's heaven for Jamie Vardy, the Leicester City podcast by Leicester City fans. Four Leicester City fans were joined tonight by Aidan. You're making a long awaited return. It's been a while. How are you?
2: It hasn't been that long, has it? Um, maybe it has. Uh, pretty good, Mark. Pretty good. Was a bit disappointed. Well, very gutted. Was training for the Belfast Marathon, but I've torn my calf muscle on Wednesday. So I'm out. Too old. That's I old age. I'm joining stuff, Jamie, Vardy, Jamie Vardy and, the, and Johnny Evans on the, on the far side of being, being on my
1: prime. You're a bit older than them, though, aren't you? Just slightly, like not that much. I'm only 36. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom, you're next to You almost again look like the Mitchell brothers on my, my computer screen tonight. But how's things for you? How are you?
5: Yeah, not too bad, mate. I'm, I'm knackered. Good God. We've been decorating again, <laughs> you know, how the house is. So, um, yeah, all right. Um, and, of course, we uh, gave Randers a good smash in, didn't we?
1: So. Well, we'll come on to that. Uh, Aaron has joined us as well, our Bristol City fan. He's uh, made a return to 11 side football today. Aiden, no uh, no torn calf muscles there. How are you, Aaron?
4: I'm still dying, though. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> suffering. I'm definitely suffering. But apart from that, well, we did win 5-0. So, as a centre-back, a clean sheets, decent. So, yeah, decent day what's, in that sense.
1: What's a clean sheet?
4: <laughs> yeah, I suppose you would know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> You two bear with us on that one. And we're also joined tonight by Deputy Editor of Four Four Two Magazine, Joe Bruin. Joe, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you?
6: Well, I haven't been training for a marathon. I haven't been decorating, and I haven't been playing eleven inside football. But I have been looking after my little boy today, so I'm knackered as well. So, <laughs> just a <laughs> like... tired, tired bunch of men, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's
1: us on a Sunday night. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate you, you being here. You're a Leicester City fan, aren't you? How did that all begin for you?
6: Well, that's where I'm from. That's where my, I mean, to be, to be honest, my mum and dad don't, don't actually like football. Um, so I, I got into it through my uncle, thankfully, who took me to Fulbright Street when I was little. Um, I mean, I was, I was born in 91, so I don't know whether that makes me the youngest here, probably. Um, oh, yeah, ninety one as
4: well. Yeah, you're know right. one as well. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean,
6: it was a it was a good time to get into Leicester. Uh, you know, tail end of the '90s when things were going well, uh, and then it very quickly declined, didn't it? Until it got better <laughs> again. So, it's, it's kind of is. seen everything, haven't you? In that, in that, in that time frame. I, mean, I don't know how many Wembley trips there were in the '90s off the top of my head, but uh a I did few. get to go to one of them, and so, yeah, there was a few, weren't there? So, yeah, it was '92 versus. Blackburn, 93, Swindon,
1: 94, Derby, 96, Middlesbrough, uh, Crystal Palace, mm-hmm. 97, Middlesbrough, 99, Trampton. They're, they're the ones off the top yep. of my head, I think. <laughs> yep.
6: And then I'm one in 2000, or 2000.
1: There you go. Yeah, we'll play a quiz on this show in a bit, Joe, so you're going to need to know your stuff if you're going to keep up with us. Yeah, but you are right, you're okay. working for, for 442, uh, Deputy Editor. How, how did you get into journalism and,
6: and where's that taking you so far? Well, when I when I was younger, I always always read 442. It was my magazine of choice, uh, and I always wanted to work there. Um, so I went to uni. It was a pretty boring route to be honest with you. I went to uni. I did sport journalism at Brighton, um, which was fun. Um, I did a lot of work experience at 442. You know, if if you offer yourself for free, then the chances are they're going to take you back uh, if they if they don't find you too annoying. So uh, luckily, I kept in touch. Um, I did a year's work placement at Arsenal, uh, which was quite very handy when I was at uni. Uh, I was a junior reporter there, so as soon as I graduated, there was luckily some jobs going at Four Four Two, um, and I've just kind of hung around long enough um, <laughs> not to get sacked for that long. And uh, yeah, and now now kind of deputy editor, which is which has been great. So it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. A great of, place to work. We'd love
1: to see Foxes doing well as well. So uh, we're you know speaking on behalf of the fan base. Well. Or proud of you doing that, that role over there. Um, in terms of <laughs> your, your knowledge of Leicester at the moment, obviously I was on a show with you a few weeks ago where we spoke around uh, how things were going, but
6: it, it's not been easy this season for us so far, has it? Yeah, you could say that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be a bastion of positivity on tonight, I've got to say, but equally, I'm, I feel quite relaxed about this season, to be honest. I just feel like after everything that we've been treated to over the last few years, I think we've been we've endured. Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah, if you want. Okay, we've been we've been through a shit one, haven't we? So, um, you know, I'm kind of taking it as it comes, really, and yeah, it's not been great, and I can't wait for it to be finished, to be quite honest with you, because <laughs> I think we I think we need the summer, we need it to rebuild now and just to reset the clock. Um, I'm, I'm much more positive about next season already because I just think, you know. I'd, I feel like this is our rock bottom. I, yeah. I, don't feel, I, I don't think it's too big-headed to say I don't think we're going to be embroiled at in, in the bottom anywhere. But we do kind of need this one well, just to, to get through and, and get over it now.
1: We'll come on to that as we, we go through the show, because we are getting dragged in a little bit. But, Tom, let's talk about Randers, uh, the team from Denmark that actually gave us a bit of a pasting on Thursday night for large periods of the game. We ran out 3-1 winners. What was your view on the game?
5: Yeah, um, unfortunately, I only caught the, the uh, first half. Um, but, yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, good start, obviously, with Barnes bursting down the wing and uh, giving us another classic Barnes goal, really, the way he does, you know, swinging it into the bottom corner. Um, but, good God, we, we look weak, don't we? We really do. Like, I know the mentality must have been, right, this is a game that we can go out have a bit of fun, get get some goals in and attack a bit. Um, but the space that we left at the back was just painful to watch. And you're just thinking, are we going to kind of take that back into the Premier League as we have
1: done? Yeah. Aidan, I know you were watching the game because you ruined that first goal for me. So you must have been watching, uh, not on the BT Sport app like I was, but thanks for giving us the premonition that Harvey Barnes was going to score in the second minute. Um, Apologies. Ha- it, it was a quick start. <laughs> Apologies, Mark. It was a quick
2: start. Yeah, to it was a good start to the Leicester that we know and love. Uh, well, no, it was it was a good start. Barnes took his goal really well. Um, I was a central defender; was slow to come across, but he, he did the job well. Um, and I guess, I mean, what what's, what exactly are you asking me, Mark? Just is it the Leicester we, we know and love? I mean, I guess just remembering that we're playing the Danish Cup winners, and and we did, as Tom said, we did look shaky left. Left at times defensively and left big gaps at the back. And no, that wasn't probably. What was that
1: sort of a oh,
2: I said, did you think? The, was,
1: I said, did you think at that stage scored a goal that we were going to get treated really by Leicester at that, that stage? Uh,
2: no, no, not necessarily. I think on, on that pitch, and I, I thought they would have a go at us in front of their home crowd. I think by the time the goal was in, the, the tie was over. Maybe the tie was over almost before we, we kicked it off. Um, with A 4 1 bringing in a 4 1 lead, um, but no, I, I, I think we're, we're always going to struggle on, on that pitch, and um, just defensively, we're, we're shaky at the minute and we're lacking confidence. So, um, positive to get that goal, it did calm us a bit, but um, yeah, we're it's a step in the right direction, but a, a relatively small step, isn't it?
1: To deal with that as a positive, though, Aaron, in itself, Harvey Barnes scoring again, uh, he's not quite a back to the top of his game at the moment but how good can he be on his, on his stage do you think he could be one of the, the players that England should be looking towards in the future
4: yeah it's, it's tough isn't it because of how uh, blessed England are with the, the players in that position um, I suppose it's it's really hard for him because he's playing in a team that are inconsistent at best at the moment so if suddenly the 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 tide changes and, and you guys can start getting some real consistency and then he can start showing what he can do week in, week out, rather than kind of he picks it up here and picks it up there, then that's when he will really know how far he can go.
1: Yeah, the sky should be the limit for him. And um, After that goal, though, Joey, it all got a little bit shaky. Without blaming the pitch, um, what happened in the rest of that first <laughs> half?
6: Sadly, what happened was... It, it, Kind of continue just in, in the same vein as we played the entire season so far. Um, it kind of it, it doesn't seem to matter who we're playing at the moment. It's just uh, haphazard and 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 weak. And we I, I found it quite funny in, in a way that we we kind of managed to hold out for so long and then conceded the goal like that. You know, <laughs> you know Casper was probably out was our best player of the night, and you know that obviously was just a, a strange freak incident. But after the bombardment that we got, to then concede that goal. It's kind of fitting of the season so far. But I mean, on on the plus side, it it was great to see Madders banging two great goals like that because, you know, he he is a confidence player and, you know, we haven't seen it for a prolonged period of time for a while. Um, Obviously, he's had had kind of a slight resurgence, but, you know, go back a couple of seasons when he was clearly the, the, the best player in the team for a while and... You know, you want to see that back again because he is a class act on his day, and and he showed there the quality that he's got. I mean, that that second was it the second goal that was a team move? Um, yeah, it was, wasn't it? That was a superb goal. Third goal, wasn't and it? Yeah, his his second was it? And then, yeah, yeah, because the free kick was that second goal. Yeah, that that was a brilliant goal, and and you know things like that will hopefully give the team a bit more confidence going forward, and, and particularly him.
1: It was a little bit ironic that actually that was probably. His worst first forty-five minutes. I know he he acknowledged that afterwards that he was he was rotten really in the first half. But to pull out two pieces of quality like that shows the the character of the man, I guess, doesn't it?
6: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it, it was a night where a few, very few players really played very well, unfortunately. But you know, you've got to look at the the bright parts of it and. You know, they can't play like that against Rent. Put it that way, because they'll get they'll get their ass handed to them. Unfortunately, they certainly will. Yeah, twenty-three shots on
1: goal, Aidan, um, for Randers on Thursday night. Uh, we, were we fortunate only that one of them found the back of the net?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, but it's a question of protecting the defence as well. Um, and we are just we are just fearful at the minute of of whenever teams have a go at us because of because of the season that's been. Um, so a lot of it comes down to confidence as well. I think it's hard to judge a team as well on a, on a match that you go into 4-1 up. Um, you know, Players' motivation um, is different than maybe had one of those shots gone in, it would have got us going in gear a bit more and seen us um, scoring at the, at the top of the pitch. Can I stop um, you there, though, with that?
1: Surely these players now sh- surely need to be more motivated than ever. That they're, they're getting criticised quite heavily. Um They've got to be doing everything in their power, haven't they? Surely, a lack of motivation is not a good excuse. I think it's hard
2: if you're five-one up after two minutes of the match. You're five-one up in aggregate. Um, You know, it's hard to keep going, Um, or maybe psychologically, it's it's not as easy to keep going whenever the tie really is is put to bed. I think I think that had a role to play.
1: Okay. And it was a strong lineup that we put out, Tom, wasn't it? Uh Jan Vestergaard started again at centre back, him and him and Dana Marty. How did you think yeah. that they did together? Well,
5: I suppose we kind of knew that Vestergaard would, would be starting. He certainly needs the game time. Um I I don't I don't think they did very well, to be honest. Um You know, Marty made the odd block. It was kind of crucial. Um, As you've said, they they had several chances. uh, For some reason, they couldn't get on target. And another night, they could have banged a couple of it in and really scared us, especially if it was the first leg. It's about um, our quality,
1: isn't it, I suppose?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were just unfortunate, really.
1: And then Rennes in the next round, Aidan, you spent quite a lot of time in France. So I'm sure you're going to... Tell Me, what the correct pronunciation is rather than Rennes. Ren, Ren or, or
2: even more correctly, Stad Rene, okay. who are um fifth, fifth in the table at the minute. Um, so yeah, I'll, have to, I'll have to get you a bit more information. Um, for our next show, I'll do a bit of scouting on them for you, Mark. But they're fifth in Liga, um, and that's you know, in the past few seasons that's really been them, they're, they've been just outside the, the, the top few teams, and um, so there'll be a challenge just but you know, we need to. A Leicester playing like McCann when would, would need to be beating a, beating a team like Ren, you know.
1: And uh, it's a good draw for Leicester, isn't it? With some of the slightly bigger teams, we could have had Roma, but uh, maybe some of the smaller teams wouldn't have potentially uh, suited us either. So, good draw for Leicester in the next round.
4: Yeah, I think so, and and I think with Ren, didn't they have that? I don't know how you say Camavingo, who's gone Camavinga, to Real Madrid. Yeah. You've been so playing too much football,
1: him. manager, UF.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. young prospect yeah so he obviously he's gone to Madrid so where they got to last season would have been with him so they haven't got him there so arguably they'll be a weaker team as well than, than what they have been in previous years so should be a decent tie. and only and if you play the way that you can play and should play then you should still get through that tie
1: Is a home tie a, a bonus for us isn't the... I know it's not really Joe but used to be the away goal rule the away goal rule is not there anymore is it so is it a bonus now for us to to try and get something under our belt at home before going to France
6: I mean yeah it's it's one of those things that you feel like it shouldn't matter as much as it it does in reality but I mean the away goal rule definitely changes things massively this year and I don't know the, the way that we are as a team it feels like playing at home would in the second leg would benefit us more just because we seem to get going more when the chips are against us, when we really need to, you know, we've seen how many times we've conceded the first goal and then immediately look better this year. Um, But I do, I actually disagree. I think Rennes is probably one of the harder ties that we could have got of that, of that group. I mean, I, I did a little bit of research on them after the draw and they've got two of the top scorers in France this year and their, their defensive record is is pretty, pretty incredible. I mean, I think, you know, I know it's all relative, but they've conceded about half as many goals as we have, um, which puts them sort of second or third best defense in the league this year. Um, and I did also just to, to for the relativity element, I looked at their their three most recent games against PSG, um, and they, they they've won one, draw one, and lost one. So you know they're not mugs; they've been one of the best teams in France this year. And to be honest, on current form, they're probably the favorites given given, given you know how how Leicester's defense has been. Um, but you would you would like to think that this is a game where kind of everything is pushed aside, and this is the the game that you get up for uh, as the Leicester team because this is this is your season now. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's still we still do officially have to avoid relegation, but this is the way that we get into Europe next year. And you know, I don't I don't care that it's the Conference League. You know, personally, I'm quite glad that that, that it exists because otherwise, the season really would be dead. Um, <laughs> I'm quite look- I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and. I think there'll be a great atmosphere at the King Power and, yeah, I'm really, really excited about that, Actually, Absolutely. Um, with Ren, then, I
1: guess one thing I will say is in Leicester's defence, I've dropped them a cheeky little message on their Twitter this week saying they don't have to practice corners or uh, and that they need to sing about Jamie Vardy's wife and that's the right thing to to be doing. So don't worry, I've done some work, lads. Uh, I'll probably do as much work <laughs> there as Brendan, I think, on that one. So.
6: <laughs> but no, listen.
1: One man that did go to Randers this this week was Ant Bates, and he told me all about his journey there via train, which took him 16 trains and 36 hours. Just joined now by Ant, uh, who has had a bit of a, a wild journey around Europe this week following Leicester to Randers. Ant, how are you?
3: Um... If one word to submit, it, I'd say knackered. <laughs> so it's, it's well, not an
1: exaggeration to say that you've literally just got back in?
3: Literally, I'd say, yeah, three, four hours ago. I've had a few, hour, few hours sleep. Um Yeah, yeah. you' good to get back into any sort of routine. Yeah, I just need to sleep right now. But yeah.
1: Well, thanks for joining us. Where, whereabouts are you based?
3: Um, So I'm from Market Harbour. Yeah, um big Leicester fan, so it's a, uh, literally every game home and away. And obviously you can say I'm a big Leicester fan because I'm crazy enough to yeah, get the train to anywhere.
1: <laughs> so just to give a bit of background on yourself then, you're the guy that has exploded a little bit over Leicester Twitter this week for getting the train to to Randers. Uh, what's the what's the reasoning behind that first and foremost?
3: Uh medical issues really. So um I'm on I'm on blood thinners for uh, pre-existing medical condition. Um, I've got a blood clot which I've had for uh, five years now, so it's just always there. So there's just a risk that if I sort of go on the planes, that it sort of um, like travels, to the parts of the body. And it's not worth the risk at the end of the day. So, see, so yeah, it's one of so those things. Thought,
1: so you thought I'm not missing Runders away. That is a truly epic journey to. To go
3: on. Yeah. So just, just <laughs> it was worth it. Would work for today. it would
1: work for <laughs> yeah, so I believe, and we'll, we'll come on to that. But what does that journey look like from Market Harbour to get there and back?
3: See if I can see how my memory is. Uh, all right, so we go Market Harbour to London, um, London to Brussels, Br- Brussels to Cologne, Cologne to Hamburg. Uh, Hamburg to Copenhagen, uh, Copenhagen to Argos, which is where I was based, um, met with my mates, and then um, trained down to Randers on the day of the game. So, so yeah, and then pretty much the same journey in reverse. Um, had a day in um, Oslo just whilst I was in uh, in Denmark, so I had a day spare, so got um, a night coach there, um, spent a day in Oslo and came back on the coach as well. So I just tried to fit in as much as possible
1: yeah and you have fitted in a lot as well haven't you I've read that you've, you did five football yeah. matches when you were over there so yeah. um, you, you must have you must have had a really worthwhile trip I'd take it, it was an
3: expensive yeah. one yeah it was great I've not I've not yet looked at my um <laughs> my, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want know i don't remember going to look at it um I know my train I did have a quick look so a few people have asked me I think my train's paying to about um 400 quid um that's not including the UK one from um uh, Harvard to London, which is uh 50, so I guess including that, yeah, 500 and obviously, I've got um match tickets, foods, drinks, which weren't as bad I did. have quite a lot of drinks bought for me to be fair, which I won't expect. I can imagine, like, free- yeah. yeah, so yeah, uh, um, yeah, entirely. wouldn't surprise me if it's close to okay, maybe I'm not sure, but uh, which and you're going to do it
1: again for rent in a couple of weeks, aren't you?
3: Yeah, I will do. But luckily, <laughs> I had a little look. Um, it doesn't seem obviously it's not as bad. It's going to be over half the distance. Um, my main worry is now getting um, a new passport the sort of time because obviously I lost my passport along the way. Um, so I've applied for a new passport. So hopefully that comes in time and. Ready, have two weeks of recovering from this and ready to go again.
1: <laughs> it's a bit like the Hangover 4, isn't it, really? You've gone all that journey, yeah. lost your passport, <laughs> had loads <laughs> of drinks <laughs> for, for you and, and, and had the time yeah,
3: with your life. Yeah, that's a good analogy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: um, and it was worth it, wasn't it? By the looks of it, it looked like a great away end. Yeah, yeah. Um,
3: I've done um, Bruges, um, Napoli, Warsaw, um, the away trips and our oh, Bruges was amazing, but I'd say this top Bruges to be fair, I'd say it's got to be up there. Yeah, my favourite ever away day. Just the atmosphere in the stand was amazing. I think it's the fact that everything that every night ended there to have a good time, had a few mm-hmm. drinks, yeah, it was honestly honestly I think the best atmosphere. Some of the chants it got going, the Daniel and Marty chant that was going was amazing oh, on our way to Albania, honestly is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> You can't imagine that. I've even started to look at that. To be honest, but I mean, a few, <laughs> I don't think I don't they'd come. They'd like, come with me if we go to Albania. But if they actually see the distance it's going to take, they might change their minds. <laughs> Is that right? Are we looking at a longer journey than than Randers? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think uh, double. I think. I think it's about. Um, about a day and a half, uh, to you go all the way down to Whitley, and then um overnight ferries or something, it's it's long, but yeah wolf wolf. If it comes to it I'll do it <laughs> well we've got a few games to go before then you might be bankrupt yeah. by that time of this season, yeah. the season the yeah. way things are going I'm going to plug my eBay store if you want to help me fund this i stuff for my eBay store just for my living ants of all sorts
1: <laughs> <laughs> there we go that's that's the plug that we'll do for you on the, the show and hopefully we'll be able to we'll be able to sponsor you or something like that that, that sounds like yeah, it, yeah. <laughs>
3: got what, did
1: you th- what did you think to the game um
3: I'm not gonna lie. I can't remember all <laughs> 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 It was. It was good. Uh, the Madison. It was amazing. I think. I think we were lucky to win. To be honest, I mean, um, fair play to Randers. Obviously, not a lot of heard of them. Not heard of any of their plays. And yeah, fair play. They put up, a, put up a good fight. But Yeah, had enough to, uh, had enough to get past them. Um, yeah, Madison. Madison was good. Uh, it yeah. was awesome, wasn't it? They were, yeah, yeah. Both goals. Unbelievable. It's good to see Madison, um back to his best. Again, so, I'm not going to lie, um, over the summer when sort of bids of maybe coming in, um, 40, 50 million for us. I've been tempted to accept yeah. the 50 million bit then, but right now I would say he's sort of back to his best. Um, better than, than Grealish right now, so yeah. So, yeah.
1: But it seems to get two completely opposite ends of that spectrum, don't we? It's either Grealish is ridiculously better than Madison, or vice versa. But just yeah, been reading, um, just been reading the, the games you went to, Cologne v Frankfurt, Copenhagen against yeah. Randers-Leicester, obviously. Is it Akin versus Bonner, yeah. and Leuven yeah. versus Anderlecht? Which was the best game yeah. you went to? Um,
3: definitely the Leicester one, definitely, by far. Yeah, that's, that's probably the out answer. But um, the, Leu- the Leuven one was good, to be fair, because... I just went to that um, on the off chance, because um, obviously I missed my Eurostar. I had nothing to do with the evening, so I got um, like a 30-minute train from Bristol to London. I just thought I'd go to the ground, just sort of see, see if there's any, any spares going. So sort I of asked around a few people, and they said, you're not going to get in. It's um, sold out. It's a big game against uh, Anderlecht. So I just went to the ticket office just as the game started and said, like, there's only people you can do it for me. I'll come, I'm a big Leicester fan. And literally, as soon as I said Leicester, they were, I didn't, I didn't want to feed but as soon as I said Leicester, they were literally, she came with me, showed me to my seat. Yeah, they were amazing. Uh, all the fans were awesome as well. So, so yeah, lovely people at Lloyd and moved in, so. And I'm taking it, yeah. they're all new grounds for you to visit, all those that you, you visited. Um, um, mm-hmm. Yes, they were, yeah, because obviously um, Leicester played Copenhagen, Um. In the uh, Champions League, I didn't, I didn't get to do that one. Though, so, but yeah, I've been to of them. I've been to um quite a few games um in Germany over the years. Um, part of the part of the group of fans who go to sit, watch Bokum quite a lot. So, I've been to see them yeah. four times. Um, but yeah, yeah, I just love going. Fo- nothing beats going football um, across across Europe. Like go go and watch games with a, game a pint and good atmosphere. It's better it's experience than watching games in England a lot of the time, I find, so yeah. Do you think that the whole Conference League might be another, dare I say League One
1: experience, where you get to some of these grounds, the atmosphere is amazing it brings the clubs together a little bit more. Yeah, that's,
3: that's a very good way of looking at it, yeah that's, that's what I'm sort of saying, you've got to make the most of these trips, But nothing beats it, and you, you don't know, obviously, if we don't win it this year who knows when we're going to get back in Europe so nothing beats, it. Sort of Go me and me and all your Leicester fans in a pub in a different country, getting all the chance to go in. Um, yeah, nothing beats it to be honest. So and they were so, good yeah. to hear that Irish bar as well? Were they in
1: uh, in Randers? Yeah, well,
3: amazing. After. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, in um, after the hour day before the game, there was like a, a few bars pubs we all congregated. And obviously, yeah, in Randers, um, the the Irish bar there, they had. Um, a yeah, the guy then. No matter what you're wanted to play, you played. So we had him like he was playing heroes <laughs> in blue and white at one point. Um, Fantastic! Chance, it was amazing. Yeah,
1: the heroes in blue and white—that's a classic from from yesterday, now, isn't it? With the old day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't
3: know all the words to be honest, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't <laughs> test <them> anyway, but
1: <laughs> you. Used to play that about ten
3: times, uh, ten times a week. So <laughs> after that,
1: then Leeds United next. Sorry, Burnley next up for us. You went that on Tuesday.
3: Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously that was the um originally postponed game, but it'd be an easy trip than us. so I've got I've got no excuse yeah. saying I'm not gonna go enough doing 70 17 hours, uh, 17 hours back. So
1: yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think there'll be people listening that'll be thinking, how do you get the time for all this? And uh <laughs> um, <laughs> and how
3: do you I yes, I mean I'm, I'm just, obviously being self-employed can control, sure. yeah work and hold for, for a while to do it. Um, single, that's, that's, a big, that's a big factor. No misses me, uh, to yeah, stop me. Yeah, <laughs> my two big passions are uh, travelling and watching football. So, so yeah, whilst, whilst you've got a chance, whilst you're in good health, yeah, I'll say you should do it, yeah. Well,
1: it's been great catching up with you. I, I guess my question for you is, after Rens, can, will you come on again and speak to us and, uh, and let us know how you, how you got on? Hundred percent, yeah,
3: definitely down for right? yeah, 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 great. Yeah, um, all right, tight. yeah,
1: great. Well, thanks for telling us your story, and uh, and I hope yeah. it all goes well on Tuesday up at Burnie, I hope we can get some points on the board to start to get back yeah, I, up. I, I didn't
3: realise how close you were to relegation. So I don't.
1: Know. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll try and pretend it's not quite as close at the minute. I think
3: we've got a few yeah, games it's done, it's don't, it's don't it's we? Cool. we? Don't miss Tom instead. <laughs> yeah,
1: keep focused on that. But Ant, um, thanks very much for your for your time. Uh, yeah, we'll speak to you again soon.
3: Yeah, it's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you. Right, guys, we've got Burnley away on Tuesday night. Is this a relegation six-pointer, Aidan? I know looking at the table, we're going to drag down there. Lots of games in hand, though.
2: Yeah, we've got games in hand. No, I don't. I don't think it's a relegation six-pointer. I'm not convinced. I don't think we'll get three points though. Um, I think we'll we'll come away with with a point there. Um, but I think then we need to look ahead to, to Leeds United on Saturday and taking three points against a demoralised um, Leeds team. But I think it's not long since Manchester United went to Turf Moor um, and got held. And yeah, I think they'll be up up for this and and they'll see it as as an opportunity to take. Take at least a point, and even though they they probably could do with with going for three. Um, no, I don't see it as a relegation six-pointer. But you know, ask me in three league games, and if we haven't got haven't have got a couple of wins out of those, then um,
1: yeah, it is a bit twitchy, yeah. though, isn't it? I know it's so easy to say about the, the games in hand. And, yeah, we'll be all right. But if you look at the next couple of games, especially Tom, that we've got Burnley on Tuesday, the Leeds on Saturday. If for uh, right. whatever reason we were to come away with anything less than, let's say, four points, we're going to be in a bit of bother down there, aren't we? Lose to Burnley, they're going to go three points behind us. Lose to Leeds, they'll go minimum one point behind us. That's not the position right. we want to be in. <laughs>
5: yes, a little bit worrying, as you say. Um, I mean, these are the teams where, well, perhaps not Burnley, but you'd certainly expect to be beating Leeds. But if that doesn't happen, yeah, we're in serious trouble um, obviously, earlier in the season, we had a bit of a tough time against um, Burnley um, with Maxwell Cornett. Um, but of course, he, he went off injured. Apparently, he's kind of nursing a bit of an injury as well. So I don't know whether he's going to play or not, but it was it was a bit of a fiery game last time.
1: They obviously got one of those twenty-one points uh, against us, and we were probably unfortunate today not to to get all three points. Aaron, they have improved recently. Burnley, haven't they? They've got some new signings coming. Morton V. Cost is going to be a challenge if he's playing uh, against us because he's a he's a big guy and from set pieces and certainly in the air. We've not been at our best. It'd be fair to say. And when a, when a side starts picking up results down the bottom, there, how dangerous can they become?
4: I think it always happens, isn't it? Like towards the end of the season, you see the teams at the bottom just suddenly start picking up results. That extra drive to not get relegated pushes them on. I I think I I like Burnley. They're my kind of guilty pleasure team because they're just unapologetic about the way that they play football. I think the whole thing about how teams should play football, I hate that phrase on how teams should play football. If it, if it works, then, then that's how you should play football. That's the end of that. So they're kind of gritty, dogged way. They're like the um, <clears throat> the draw specialists this season, aren't they? They've had 12 draws so far. They're in your face. They work hard. They've got that, that weg horse up front. Is he six foot? Six foot six. 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 Yeah. It's enormous. He I, He's going to bully your defence. That's, you like, you, that's bad. You, you've been, yeah, you've been fragile at the back. Just an open play, never mind corners. Um, and he's not just a, a big target man, is he? He's decent with the ball at his feet. Um, he, yeah. I'd be worried. Uh, follow that. <laughs>
1: I think you're nodding along there to, to everything Aaron was saying. Uh, are, are you a bit nervous about to, to, on Tuesday night, or are you, you feeling confident? Uh, I
6: think it's it's... it's, it's If we play like we did against Wolves, attacking-wise, you know, created some good chances in that game, and you know, we really shouldn't have shouldn't have lost that game. That was that was a tough one to take, but we all know this is going to be one of the most uncomfortable watches of the season, and it's got nothing to do with with open play. You know, the the set pieces are horrendous, and going up against the team that I don't know this stats off the top of my head, but you know, traditionally speaking, Bernie have been terrific from set pieces. You know, the centre backs alone are a threat, but then you add a six foot six inch uh, big man in there who looks really good as well. You know, when he when he signed, you know, he looked like a really really good signing for instead of Chris Wood. Um, and I'm I'm scared about that and pretty much that alone at the moment. And but you know, I, I back us to score against pretty much anyone on, uh, when we're when we're on it. Um, but can we keep enough of them out at the other end from those sort of situations? You know, they got it's a game where you got to play sensibly. Don't don't give away anything silly around the box and. Ideally, if you can not give away as many corners, that would be great.
1: <laughs> you know where we're at at the minute with set, set pieces and defensive organisation? Is it Have we gone too far now for it to be fixed this season, Joe? Is it one of those that we just need to get to the summer and rebuild and accept that we're going to have some fragility there? Because it doesn't really show much sign that it's going to get loads better. I feel like maybe we've conceded less goals in the last few weeks, not because we haven't been playing the last few games, I should say. Um, <laughs> but but actually, we've got away with a bit. And, you know, I remember Harry Kane's header against Spurs and there's been some other chances. But we still don't look anywhere near solid enough when that ball comes into the area.
6: No, even the Wolves game last weekend, I mean, they didn't really threaten that much. But when the ball did come in the box, it, it did feel like panic and and it's an issue and it's been an issue for a long time and I don't know whether it's too late to fix. I don't know who can fix it because, you know, it's been a, a, an issue for, like I say, for ages. And, uh, and it's just undermining us in so many games, you know, it's given us so much work to do and we've lost so many points from, from it. Um, if it hasn't been fixed now, how do you fix it in the in the short term when, frankly, at, you know, centre-back options aren't, aren't very good? Um, so I think we have just got to limp along and, kind of make the best of it. Um, you know, it's, it's not just the centre-backs either, because, you know, Will he was, you know, one of the best defensive players in the league. And I'm not, not talking about, you know, on the floor, in in the air. He was mm. an absolute beast from corners. And I don't know what's happened to, to him in that sense. You, you could say that about his whole season so far, frankly, yeah. but I think you, you need that aggression in the box and someone who's going to meet it. You know, you look you look at our options, and on paper we should be fine in that sense. You know, so Ince an aggressive centre back, but it doesn't matter whether Johnny Evans is there or not. We're still bad from that situation, and you know, it's it's more than just a personnel thing for me. But clearly, the personnel aren't right for the job um, of defending corners and set pieces because it's been this way for too long now. It certainly, top I guess what we're saying here is, if they've got a six foot six inch
1: striker and we've got six inch six inch. <laughs>
3: What are you trying to say, <laughs> okay, try Mark?
6: He's maybe maybe smart. Smart. is your dream? <laughs> <laughs> to be That's fair, trying- he, he, might, he might as well be six inches. Yeah. <laughs> if we've got someone equally as tall on our side, <laughs> um,
1: surely we should be able to counteract that, but it's just not the case, is it? And we keep coming back wow. to this conversation about Burnley because this is where the threat's going to be.
5: Yeah, yeah, but... Um... Well, firstly, with, with Vestigard, it, it must have been the reason we bought him, other than an absolute panic of needing a centre back. Um, but you would have thought it, it'd help us in that area, and it's just not. Um, I've forgotten your other half of the question. <laughs> So far. this is going well now, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you were saying, yeah, you were saying Burnley. Um, so yeah, yeah, Burnley is a attacking threat in terms of uh, you know big lads. There's plenty of teams we see that come to the KP. Um, you know, teams like well Burnley, West Ham, uh, that have got these these big stocky players in midfield and centre backs that they bring up for, for these corners and and free kicks, and we are absolutely bricking it every single time. Um, it's, I mean, it's beyond frustrating, really, because it's something that Rogers has spoke about in uh, in conferences. Um, it's something that all the players know that they need to get better at, and I just, I don't know what the answer is anymore.
1: That's what I was saying. Maybe it's it's one of those that it's going to be next summer, really, until that starts to get fixed. Um, would you take a point tomorrow, Tom? Uh, Tuesday. <sighs> The reason I'm asking um, before you answer that is Burnley have only won three games all season, but they've actually only lost the same amount as us. Uh, in fact, they've lost nine. less than us now. They've lost nine, uh, but they have drawn 12 of their games. So maybe they'll see another another draw on Tuesday.
5: I mean, if, if we're talking a draw on Tuesday and, and a win against Leeds, then fine, that'll have to do. But um, it's, I don't know. It just feels like... <laughs> We're kind of clinging on to anything that we can we can get, really. I mean, I, I had a little look earlier, and I noticed the last time that we won two games in the league uh, was Manu and Brentford at the end of October. Now, why are we not winning games on the bounce? I just don't get it. We, we shouldn't really be uh, happy with a, with a draw against a, a lower a lower team, to be honest.
1: Is that one of those? Um... Things, Aidan, where you come back to it and you you realise maybe how close we are to getting dragged inside. I know we've got the games in hand that I keep mentioning, but um, you know when you're talking not two wins and a bounce since October, we, we expect that the form's going to pick up, but there's not really been any sign of that so far. No, there have not and I
2: suppose you know it's limited what you can take from the Randers the Randers games. You know they're they're obviously Conference League games or against the Danish Danish Cup winners. Um so I guess it is getting that balance If you look at teams below you and you think certainly we're better than that. We're better than that. But, you know, the form table, you know, certainly the league table doesn't lie, but the form table has a lot to say as well. And, and you know, we're talking about, you know, we're even talking about Leeds who have been in a horrible run. You know, Marcelo Bielsa um, getting a sack today. And yet the fear is that they'll come to King Power on Saturday, perhaps with nothing to lose or... Um, unlikely that they'll have a new manager by that time, but you know, uh, maybe with the players, with a point to prove. So there's always a bit of a subtext that's kind of going against us. You know, Burnley ha- causing us problems physically, and um, maybe Leeds won't do, wouldn't do quite the same as that. But um, they'll they'll have a go at us and they'll run at us. Um, and you know, our, our defense has, has been shaky. So um, yeah, we we need to get the wins from somewhere. You know, we're playing teams. We've got the, the privilege or, or the kind of luck of, of in the next few games playing teams who are below us um, in the table. We've got Brentford coming up um, as well. So, yeah, we, we do need to start getting um, getting wins from, from summer.
1: We certainly do. Aaron, there are three worst teams in the Premier League, better than, worse than Leicester City, aren't there this season?
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's, I think when you look at the table, there's Watford and Norwich, I feel like they're done. It, the, the whole kind of um, relegation scrap is for that last place, but it's going to be iffy because you think <clears throat> Everton do look better under Lampard and I know that the results haven't necessarily come um, running through leads in getting rid of their manager, regardless of what they delivered last season. They were just chaos and it wasn't going to be sustainable. So are they going to be better with a new manager or, or, or are they going to struggle? Brentford signing Christian Eriksen like what's he going to start bringing? And then Newcastle look great under Eddie Howe. They've done some good stuff. So it that's the pessimistic side. If, you, if you're an optimist, you look and go, if you win your three games in hand, I think you've got tonight. So yeah, it, it depends wh- which side of it you want to look, doesn't it?
1: I guess the whole point of that, Joe, is that those three games together, as Tom's just said, have felt like a million miles away, haven't they, this season?
6: Yeah. Uh... <laughs> To be honest, we were talking about winning two games in a row earlier. I'd just, just like to win one to start with. <laughs> <Yeah, that's laughs> <true. true. laughs> it's been December the 28th, hasn't it? I think we're the only Premier League team that's not won a game this, this calendar year. Yeah. Um, that's been floating yeah. around I've, social I've, media been, today, hasn't it? The, uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that's why personally I wouldn't necessarily just, just accept a draw tomorrow. I think we, we do need a little bit more than that, just for confidence if anything um and yeah it's not, not to get dragged into a, a completely unnecessary relegation scrap you know it just i don't even it seems even ridiculous that we're having to talk about it um but personally i'm not i'm trying not to think about it until there's a few more bad results and and i do just think there are there are definitely three worst sides of this you know as aaron says norwich watford they are done and yeah. and brentford have looked horrible for a while even though you know christian eriksman has signed and you know, it's it's good enough to to change many games, but yeah, you do look at them and Leeds and think we should be okay. But I, I just I was just um, looking at when Portsmouth beat Reading seven four, and I was just wondering whether that that could be beaten when we play Leeds. It could be, yeah, it could be. <laughs> Both teams going with a zero-zero-ten formation
1: <laughs> <laughs> just to keep it fluid. Uh, Jamie Vardy could be back tomorrow night, Joe, as well. Uh, we were we were led to believe. Is that still the case as far as you're aware?
6: Yeah, I haven't heard any other uh, any other thing to the contrary. Um, I mean, I, I obviously, can't wait to have him back. But on the, on the evidence of recent games, I've, I've just felt so sorry for Pat and Dacker because. You know, he he is our, our alternative to Vardy and should be played in the same sort of way. But the service to him has been practically non-existent, to be honest. Um, definitely not in the right way. You know, he's, he's not the guy you want to be playing balls to his back, with his back to goal. And you, you want to be playing down the channels and getting him in, into space. And I don't think he's been getting that. And I, and I, I felt really sorry for him. Um, and I just hope that's not the same when, when Vardy comes back. It's almost we've done that the other way around, haven't we? We've been playing the balls to
1: Inatya down the channel when he's had a go, which isn't his game, and then playing the balls into to feed to Dakar, which isn't isn't his game either. Tom, let's take a prediction for you for for Tuesday night um, against Burnley. I'm going to go one all. Aidan, he's rising down.
2: Uh, I'd say. I say one nil win to Leicester City. Go on.
1: This is where Aaron tells us the actual result because he's been getting them all right this <laughs> season.
4: I I think you're going to have it 2 what? Oh. Two one Leicester. We're going to win. A <laughs> uh, <laughs> <yeah,
1: good> joke. <laughs> We're going to
6: I just I just can't see it it's conceded any fewer than two goals. Uh, it's a two two. I'm going to go for. Two two. I,
1: I'm going to go. I'm going to go two one as well. If that's okay, can I copy you, Aaron? Is that fine?
4: You just won the points in the table, that's all.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's time for a game of Last Man Standing. We play this game on our show where, Tom, you are last week's or last time's first out. So you've set the quiz question uh, and we'll go around in a circle. The person that is last left at the end standing is the winner. So what have you got for us this week then, Tom?
5: Right, I can't uh, guarantee that my facts are correct. So <laughs> <laughs> let's just get that out of the way. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the question is, uh, can you name the last 16 of the Europa Conference League? And I'm going to go to you first, Joe. I just need one answer. Leicester
6: City. There you go. Sorry, that's that's a bottle job, but it's last man standing. So you've got yeah, you've, you've got, got a you've got, got, got a to play, got play, to play to win. <laughs>
5: <laughs> that's been a while since you've had a go, Mark.
1: Go on, then I'll go with Red
4: Stad Renee. Nice, Give a...
5: Aaron.
4: I'm I'm struggling on this. The the difference between who's in that and who's in Europa. Um... <laughs> I think Rangers are in the other one, aren't they? But I'll go with them. <laughs> uh,
5: Rangers is not. The yeah. On this. It's one of Rangers' biggest kill,
2: achievements
4: in, in like years and years. Yeah. The like yeah. Europa League, and you're like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't really follow the European Conference League, to be honest. So. Oh. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> 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 Listen,
1: That's
2: why it's the question. <laughs> go on, Adam. I'd say Olympique de Marseille, otherwise known as okay. Marseille.
5: You're bound to go for that. Right, back to my you, my third
2: team. My third team,
6: yeah, Vitesse.
5: <laughs> uh, yeah, we've got that,
1: Mark. Photo Glimped. photo Glimpt.
5: Yes. Yeah.
1: Nice one. Not Celtic uh, Not Celtic,
5: aren't they? You tell me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, <sir>. All
1: right.
5: <laughs> Over to you, Aiden.
2: Right. As Rumour still on it?
5: Yes. Okay, uh, Joe. Finald. Yeah. Mark.
1: I'll keep it dirt, I'll go A-, A Z Alkmar Lovely.
2: Back to you, Aidan. Uh Gang? No. Uh, mm.
5: No. No, if my because my right. answer, a, my answer no.
6: was no. My answer was going to be gent Yeah, yeah, they are. Really. Yeah. that's
2: what <laughs> I said. It's my Northern Irish accent. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't say that. <laughs> you <cheat>. <laughs> <laughs> Just
5: Behave yourself, right? The racism
1: Mark. and the Irish. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Dutch because I think there was four Dutch teams in it, and I'm going to go with Psv.
6: Yes, you are correct, <laughs> Joe. Okay, this is where I may be struggling a little bit I'm um, struggling now so please struggle uh, I was going <laughs> to say partisan yes oh shoot
1: I would
5: have had no clue there so. <laughs> <laughs> go on Mark
1: Prague Slavia Prague yes uh, that We've was my next Prague.
6: one Olympiakos <laughs> <laughs> No, there's no Olympiakos, no. I'm afraid. I didn't. I didn't think they were. <laughs> what am do I? A, do do I get a
1: job at four four two on the back of this please?
6: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
6: yeah, you might as well. You can. You can have my job. That's how it works.
4: <laughs> right, Mark. Have you,
5: have you got the rest?
6: Uh, no, I don't think I have any more. Actually.
5: Well, I can tell you, we played one of these teams in the. In this Champions League. Oh,
1: Copenhagen.
5: Yes. Uh, what else have we got? Yeah, we've, we've got th- the three other teams that are kind of tricky, to be honest. But on, do you want to stab at any?
1: No.
5: No. So we've got uh, FC Basel, uh, Lask and
1: Pauk, is it? P-A-O-K. Yeah. The P-A-O-K. Greece. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. you did quite well, there, lads. Yeah, cheers. Uh, Aaron, oh, I think crap. that means it's you that's collating the next one for, for next time, but
4: I'm happy to have my crown back.
1: Please for that. I'll do some
4: on the Johnson paint trophy next time, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Listen, this is a serious competition. Uh, we've been <laughs> talking today about Leicester Summer Rebuild, and we've been linked with Bristol City... Um, the Guernsey Grealish, Alex Scott, and so I've been speaking to Aaron about what that means to Leicester City
0: It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin, so go to luckylandslots.com to play over 100 social casino style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at luckylandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions supply.
1: Joined now by regular on the show and Bristol City fan, Aaron. Aaron, we're here to talk to you today about Alex Scott. It's not the female footballer or ex-footballer ex and now presenter, but the Guernsey Grealish. Uh, what can you tell us about him?
4: Guernsey <laughs> Grealish. He is phenomenal. Um phenomenal. There, there's quite a few Premier League teams, so I think today I've read that Tottenham are actually the ones that are at the top of the the tree with them. But West Ham, Everton, and obviously yourselves are are the ones that are interested. Mm. Um, just I I just there, there's no I was trying to think earlier of a player to compare him to to make it easier for people who obviously haven't watched Championship football. So I just can't think of anyone. Generally, the best the best young kid that I've seen come through Bristol City's academy.
1: So, Um, position wise, though, where is he a central midfielder? How does he operate? uh,
4: Technically, he's the the man who plays behind the strikers. So, I suppose for you, like a Madison, but Mm. um, we've had no central midfielders for quite a few games now. And he's been playing in centre midfield. um, And he has just looked phenomenal. He looks, if you look at him, he looks tiny. Mm. He's only 18 and he turned 18 in August. I think he made his debut for us when he was still 16, I think, last season in the Championship. Um, you look at him and think he's lightweight, he's going to get bullied, but he's like a little terrier napping around people. So in my head, if you lost Tillemans in the summer, I genuinely think he could come in and do a job for you midfield.
1: And he's only he played 29 games, I think, for the first team. So for him to be so highly thought of at this stage... There's something clearly there that's coming through. Obviously, it's working for Nigel Pearson, uh, who's who's sort of thrust him into the limelight a little bit. Was it Nigel that gave him his uh, debut last season?
4: Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, um, yeah. I think he's played 26 times this season in the championship so far. Yeah. Um, and to think most of that season, he's only been 17. Like, that's unbelievable. You think people were talking about Jude Bellingham, and I'm not saying he's Jude Bellingham. But people are talking about how much of an impact he had in the championship at su- such a young age. Well, Alex Scott, yeah, played over 20 times while he's 17, tearing it up. Um, and, yeah, look, Nigel always give quite a lot of um, academy players some real good minutes. Um, so from, from a Bristol City point of view, we always sell a big player every summer. That's how we finance with that team, similar to what you do, I suppose, of the past. Um, that we've got about four or five that we could be in trouble with. So it's kind of like which one do we get rid of and are we just going to keep it to one? Um and and like he's top of the list not to get rid of. Like yeah. he's way too good for us. But can we hold him for one more season and next season have a bit more of a I don't know, playoff run if we have a good window? Or um, but yeah, he's by far like the best out of well, I think he's played quite a few times for England under-21s as well. He goes every time that the under-21s are together. He goes with that squad mm. and plays. He doesn't go to make up the numbers and sit on the bench. So that, that kind of shows his level when you think about the talent in the Premier League at, in that age group as well. I think uh, I read a, a quote from Curtis Fleming, who's the assistant
1: manager at Bristol City, isn't he? And yeah. He said, look, you know, th- there might be a bid come in, but it's going after- to Take something fairly special for us to sell, because there's no better place for him to develop at the minute than at um, than at Bristol City. Now, I, I get that, I understand that. You know, we've had the same with some of our younger players uh, as they've developed and then gone on elsewhere, but. I look at Leicester as a club at the minute, out of the teams that you've mentioned, that's surely the team that he would get in, isn't it? In terms of getting the most amount of playing time out of your West Ham Tottenham's and they well, forget Everton, they're going down, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tottenham and West Ham's and as Leicester have got that really good record for bringing young talent through.
4: Yeah. I, I, that's what I mean. I think if Tillemans goes in the summer, I genuinely could see him doing a really good job in the centre of your midfield. Um, I can't see that he's going to push out when you look at West Ham, unless West Ham get rid of the rice. They've still got Suchek. I can't see him going in there. Um, Everton, I just, yeah, I'm not, I'm not convinced by that one. Um, and and yeah, Curtis Fleming might have said that, but at the moment, Bristol City are losing 400, I think it's 485k a week. Yeah. Uh, um, how, how can we turn down something if it, Look, it's going to be a, a decent offer because you think he's English as well. Um, you're talking 15 plus million, I genuinely think, for, for City to say yes to him, yeah. to him to go. Um, but I think I th- they won't say no. If someone offers 15 million, whether Curtis Flem is just trying to talk up his value or, um, yeah, if he's still there after summer, I'll be dancing for joy, but I don't think it's going to happen.
1: It's the other side of it, isn't it? Because if you can keep a squad together that could put promotion push in next season, which is, is highly doable in that league, you see teams go from mid table to, you know, top of the league fairly quickly. is a drop in the ocean compared to the premier yeah. league money.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And when you, there, like I said, there's probably three or four players that are of similar ilk to Alex Scott, not as good, but real good talents. They've got some proper minutes under their belt this season. Um, that are being spoken about by either high-end championship teams or, or teams in the Premier League. You're um, just saying if we can keep them for a season, their second full season. Like, and I don't know how much you've seen of Alex Scott or even just looked at. Him, he looks like a boy. Mm. So these kids who maybe get a bit more physicality about them because they'll be a year older and they've been a year kind of more playing with men rather than boys in the in the academy teams. Oh, what could they be?
1: What What's making him so good then? What about him on the ball or off the ball and sets him apart well, from honest, the rest? Honestly,
4: he's got everything. So that's why I think he might be an actual real good centre midfielder, almost like a bit of an old school centre midfielder. And If you hear kind of Roy Keane going off on one on, on Sky when he says he doesn't like talking about attacking midfielders and defensive midfielders. And I suppose when you look at him and Scholes when they were in their heyday, they both done everything, didn't they? They both went forward, they both went back. That's what he is. He's great on the ball, unbelievable set-piece delivery. He can pick a pass, um, great at dribbling, draws fouls. That's probably where he gets Guernsey Greenish from because he wears perfect little shin pads with socks rolled down to his ankles. <laughs> um, but really good at dribbling, drawing those fouls. Um, but then on the half-term, good work rate, gets stuck in. Flies. It doesn't care if he's playing someone six foot six. He's still absolutely flying into challenges, trying to win the ball back, busy in defensive third. Like he is a whole range centre midfielder, and yeah. maybe that's why for someone like Brendan, that I suppose that kind of suits his style of play. Someone who's going to work hard all across the pitch, not just be able to contribute in one phase of one phase of the pitch. Um, it, it'll give you everything in each third of the of the the pitch. Well,
1: let's hope so. There's a, a lot of uh, positivity coming that, you know, we might be able to to be the team that, to get a deal done with him. I know you're saying about Spurs there. It might be one of those deals, Aaron, where um, he gets signed and then loaned back for a season. That would be if you were going to sell him Ideal, deal, wouldn't it? Get uh, an extra season, get you into the Premier League next year.
4: Yeah, but at the same time, I don't think if you signed him, I don't think you'd want to loan him back. I genuinely, like, he you think comes right into a team. Yeah. yeah, 100%. He's just nothing phases him. Nothing phases him. At one point, we had we've signed a right wing back, a young kid, and he's been out injured for quite a while. Nigel Pearson just started playing in right wing back as part of a five. Didn't phase him, and he's still absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable.
1: You just do what Big Marge tells you, Aaron. But uh, thanks well, very true. Much, yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, thanks yeah. Thanks
4: very much for giving us an insight. I think that's probably why a lot of the young kids are doing really well because they're just going to do what he tells them and, and it, it works on the pitch. Like our results are a bit iffy at times, but if you ever actually watch a night like minutes of our games, we are call it like Pearson's definitely got a style of football going out. He's binned off all the kind of the big earners that don't really give a crap um, and brought all these young kids through where some that were there before him anyway, but maybe didn't quite live up to their potential or ones now that he's bringing through the academy that are really, really doing it. And I suppose for a team like us, who we do sell, we've done it consistently. We've sold Bobby Reid and Lloyd Kelly to Bournemouth and uh, Josh Brinehill to Burnley. We always do that and generate a bit of money from our academy. I suppose the more players that Nige is doing that to, the owners are rubbing their hands together more and more, aren't they?
1: Has he still got the full support of the Bristol City fans down there? Is he they happy with the work that, that Big Nige is doing?
4: Uh, I would say by and by and large, yes. I reckon the ones so even today when I was talking to a couple, because 'cause we've got a couple on our Sunday league team, um the two that didn't like it or are not keen on him, I don't think see many of the games. Yeah. So if you don't see many of the just games look and the you just look at a result, yeah, then you're going, Oh, okay. When I think there was a game the other day, we had seven Academy players in our starting lineup. Like you, you've got to take that of a pinch of salt, haven't you? That we we shed shed our squad last season. We reduced our wage bill by thirty five percent. Didn't really sign anyone for mental money. No big names. It's complete rebuild. Seven academy starting lineup players. Rebuilding a, a style of football as well. Like uh, you're going to get inconsistency, aren't you, with a young team? Um, so I suppose it's how realistic you want to be with it, um, and. It, I think his, and you'll know it as much as anyone, his uh, brutal assessment of matches and performances keeps fans on side, I think. Yeah. Because when you've watched a game, well, you think the discussion has been on the podcast before about Brendan, when you've had a poor game or something, and sometimes you just want him to come out and say been sure. it was poor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when they try and wall it up, it frustrates you. Where you know you're not getting that from Pearson, aren't you? He's going to come out and he's absolutely going to tell you what, what you've seen. And that keeps you on the side of it, I think. I think there'll be a
1: few Leicester fans that maybe are betting people that might have a fiver on Bristol City for promotion next year if Marge is there. Um, and just, just expect it to come out of nowhere is what is what you know we might say to, to those guys but thanks very much for giving us your insight into both alex scott and how how big Nigel's getting on because we all still still love him obviously thanks very much for that Aaron in terms of a rebuild then for the summer Aidan I'll start with you who would you expect to leave Leicester this summer? Who
2: expect to be out the door um
1: Well, Yuri Heilman is a good one to start with. Yeah, I was on the show with uh, with Joe a few weeks ago. You said Joe that you have no hope of keeping Yuri Heilman. Has anything no. changed from that?
6: No, not at all. I'm, I'm sad to say, no. I, I what sort? Uh, sorry. No, you carry on. Sorry. No, I was just I've just put myself in his shoes, and I I don't see any appeal of staying. Um, Beyond the fact that he obviously loves it at the club, and you know, but he's a he's a footballer in the prime of his life and wants to play at the highest level. And after the season we've, we've had, he's not going to get that next year. And I think there there will be clubs uh, queuing up for him because the money the money should be decent for for a team that wants him for his age, his profile, and what he's done. You can probably pick him up for oh, this is a a big question, but. 45 to 50 million? not sure the year left on his contract sounds about right to me. And that sounds like a good deal for, for uh, you know, a, a big club in today's age. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I just think. It, it kind of all falls into place for the wrong reasons for us.
1: Aidan, 45 to 50 million. Uh, that's not going to be enough to fund the whole of the... And I use the word rebuild because that's what Brendan Rodgers himself has said so far. Um, who else might we need to, to look at to, to leave also.
2: Um I think it's an interesting question. You know, I'm not trying to change the question you're asking me, but the more I've thought about it recently, you know, having been out for the this length of time that Jamie Vardy and Johnny Evans have been out for, you know, and at, at their their stage of their careers, should we be thinking of them as starting in the first 11 in, in August in the first Premier League game? I'm not sure they'll be the same players and, and maybe it's time to, to to look to, um, you know, have them as more so on the bench to come on rather than, than have planning for them to be in your starting 11. And it, it grieves me to say that because I love them both for different reasons, but um, whether, they go, whether they leave or go out the door, I think both of them would be useful to keep at the club and have on the bench. But um, I think, therefore, you're wanting to bring in certainly a, a better centre-back. I think we need to sign a, a quality centre-back that we'll fail to do so far. Um, in terms of other players leaving and out the door, um, but no one that really sticks out that I feel this one he should he should leave. Um, I think there's players maybe when, that we we'll want to see more out of. We want to see them getting back to what we know they can offer, rather than maybe seeing them leave. You know, players like Indeedy, um who hasn't given me as much as I would like this year, and also players whose seasons have been hampered by injury, Ric- Ricardo Pereira. And We've seen very little of Justin and Fofana. It's getting boys like that back in and playing to the top of their ability rather than necessarily thinking certain players need, need to leave. And If you're going to be cruel, maybe you'd say players like Vestigard have come in and, and haven't performed. Do, do you want those those guys to leave, potentially? Um, but it's more about getting guys back in and getting them playing like we know they can.
1: All right, Tom, I'll flip that question to you. If an offer came in for Chagla Siungu, let's say, for around £35 million in in the summer. Would you sell at that?
5: Look, has had some cracking games with us. Uh, he, he had an astonishing season when he came in. So the, he's still got something about him, surely. You, you don't just come into, into the team and, and play the way he did and then drop off, off like this forever. Um, so, I don't, I don't know. I don't think is the one that I'd be looking at leaving. It's um, rumoured that he think, wants to leave, though, I think. Is that right? Allegedly. Well, I mean, that that's leaving us in a tricky situation, really, because it's bad bad enough as it is, isn't it? Um, you know, I, I can't see us getting two or three decent centre-backs in, um, in a window. So, um, I mean, if, if you're looking at other players around the park, Perez, perhaps doesn't really need to be at the club anymore. Um, I do wonder if Castagna
1: thinks he's getting enough game time as well, to be honest. Well, he's injured at the minute, isn't he? But yeah, if everyone's fit, would he be in the first 11? Would, would probably be an, another question around that.
2: Players like him, sorry to bother bottom but Timothy Castagna has shown that he's got the quality to be in the first 11. He's put in those performances. Um, yeah. It's more a question for me of, of do we get them. You know, depends if, if we can get these guys back playing as as they have shown us they can.
1: That is the big one. We spoke there around people coming back. Aaron, uh, James, Justin, and Ricardo Pirro both Ricardo Pura both signed new contracts this last week. Uh, are they the players that Brendan will be wanting to mould the club around going forward?
4: Well, I think like Tom just named some of your players to to still come back. That getting for fan the back when you've got defensive problems, that's, that's, a, that's a major sign-in. Uh, that is a, a major sign-in in a sense. I suppose the thing to flip to you on that, without kind of avoiding your question, it, is there an issue with your medical department? And I think one of your fans kind of put it on the Facebook page a couple of weeks ago about since, and obviously I'm a bit biased, since Dave Rennie's left and he's come to Bristol City, our injuries have become non-existent and yours have skyrocketed. So if you're talking about signings, could could that be something they need to look at? And then what's your thoughts? And I'll ask... Sorry, Mark. I'll say to you, what's your thoughts about Lookman? Because that's uh, totally alone, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think Lookman is a no-brainer to, to be signed. £12 million. I think he's... Uh, a real talent, he's still a young guy, and he seems to have a huge amount of desire. Do you know an interesting one on Luckman? There was a video of KDH as a, a day in the life of a footballer that he put out not so long ago, and Luckman was in the analysis room looking at his previous performances, and I think he made the comment, yeah, he's always in here doing this. And that's the sort of player I think we want to be having at, at the club. Personally, yeah, that
4: 12 shows the right mentality, not it? Yeah. No-brainer. Any more questions yeah, just just on the other thing, your medical department. <laughs> yeah, your medical yeah. department. Because I, I if believe- you're talking about all these players, yeah, I,
1: I believe we've made a a new in I can't remember where from, Joe. I'm not sure if you will know where the guys come from, but there's a new head physio that's on the way in. Uh, am I right in saying?
6: <laughs> yeah, I actually don't know anything about that either. But I I don't I I don't think the injury situation was great even at the end of Dave Rooney's time at the club. I, I, so I don't know whether that is a bit of a. Um, a slight myth and a bit of an easy thing to sort of you know cut the ties between it because I do think it was been bad for quite a long time um I think there was more more to it than than that why I think for any less less to in the end um but can I just, can I just say something on you for a minute because yeah. I, I think there's there's going to have to be kind of an, an element of pragmatism about about the summer because obviously there's because there's going to be some money for Tiananmen's coming in you think but you know if you look at the defense and Who's likely to still be here? I mean, as far as I'm aware, Danny Marty is going to be out of contract in the summer. And I, you know, I, I don't know whether whether he's the sort of guy. Um, he's got one more him. year, Joe. Oh, has so he got one more year? Yeah,
1: okay. he's we've he exercised to the, a the extension,
6: uh, did he? Yeah. Oh, OK, cool. There you go. Um, but, so, you know, <laughs> Ryan Bertrand's not going to leave when he's just signed a contract. For the best to guard, I'd say he's unlikely to leave. And you could go through the whole defence saying that. Whereas Soyuncu, um as probably the only one with any sale value, and yeah. you know Brendan might look at that and go, "Well, f- for that money, I mean, I, I don't think anyone's going to be uh, mad enough to, to pay that kind of money for him that you were mentioning, Mark." But there is some value there for for him for sure, um, and they might look at that and go, "Well, we can we can possibly do better here." I mean, obviously Leicester have had a certain type of player that they target, you know, age-wise, profile-wise for for a long time now, but I'll. I feel like it's got to the point where we might need to go for someone a little bit more tried and tested. I mean, yeah, someone like Ben Mee, ben Mee for example, who by all intents and purposes look like he's going to sign a new contract to Burnley, but he's out of contract to the end of the season. And, you know, I wouldn't mind us going for somebody like that, a, a proven Premier League player in that sense, because I think the issue has just been so bad this season. And you, you don't want it to, like I, I repeat myself, you don't want it to undermine everything you do going forward. Absolutely. Tarkovsky is another one, isn't he,
1: Aidan, that's out of contract in the the summer. There's actually some really decent centre-backs around Europe that are are coming out of contracts. I wonder if that might be the way that we um, try and get some some value in before we start spending on players, try and get some free transfers in. Uh, Is there anyone that you've got your eye on that you think could do a job for Leicester? Uh,
2: In the Irish League? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if you like. <laughs> uh, not not particularly, no, Mark. Not particularly. I'll do do some scouting for, um, for for next time. I suppose it's always worth looking at teams that are that are going down, um, and picking off um team players from from teams who who are are going to get relegated. Um, but you know it's all right saying that at the same at the same time they're, they're players who've shipped a lot of goals and stuff. So you no, know, I'd say Brendan have a lot of scouts looking across
1: Europe. Um. Keeping an eye on, on what's going on. How about you, Tom? Have you got anyone that you think we should be getting in? I haven't
5: got a clue anymore, Mark. I mean, <laughs> I know we've kind of been keeping an eye on uh, well, Tarkovsky for a while, um, but I don't know. I don't know.
1: It doesn't really look like anything's going to materialize. We're going to need a central midfielder, aren't we? We're going to need centre-backs. We're probably going to need a winger, I imagine. Um, You just wonder, when the manager comes out saying things like rebuilds, that suggests to me it's going to be fairly wide scale. Aaron, just to go back and uh, finish that point earlier about the head physio, there's a guy called Ed Richmond who has left Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace, he was their head physio for five and a half years. He's joined Leicester uh, the last couple of weeks. So to answer your question, that is what's being done. Um, but he can't undone the, undo the bad stuff that's already happened. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at on that. What's your thoughts on that? I, I,
4: I speak, Yeah, look, it's interesting because I think just in anything and we've said before about sometimes with Rodgers, when there's things wrong, you almost want to see something happen about it. There's been a, an acknowledgement that whatever's happened injury-wise is not right. So they've gone and tried to do something about it. Look, obviously we don't know is this person going to be the saviour and s- solve anything, but uh, there's been an issue, and they, they've gone and looked at it. Um, I think just on kind of the questions you threw to everyone else, if I was, well, why wouldn't you just get Tarkovsky and Ben Me for Burnley? Like it, in a dream world, you just get both of them. They are the the thing that I look at. Why I like Burnley, um, and sometimes I see that this is where you guys let yourself stand and It ties into that thing from set pieces. Burnley just love defending. I genuinely mm-hmm. think they just enjoy defend. And as a centre back. I, I love watching that, where I think sometimes Leicester just don't look like they want to defend. They don't that ball's coming in the, the box. It's not about um, ability. It's almost just mentality. They don't have a hunger to to get that ball out of the box, to attack the ball, win it first and get rid of it. If you brought both of those in on freeze, well surely uh, that's a dream. One of they're not going to play together because in an ideal world you'd have a fan of there anyway, wouldn't you? Um But even when you look at Burnley, you've got to think they've... I I like Dwight McNeil. Could he come and do a job for you out on one of your wings if you're saying you need a winner? He
1: just wants to sign Burnley.
4: That's what you're saying. Yeah, 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 pretty much. No, but they've got a couple of decent players in there that I think could do a job for you. Dwight McNeil's not... He's not a traditional Burnley player, is he? He's got some technical ability about it.
6: If we sign all so, their guys who are good from callers, they can't score against us, can they? That's true. Yeah. Until they sign the next. <laughs> yeah. Until they sign the next guys. Uh, the, the only thing about Ben Me, I, I did look at this the other day. He he has said that he wants to end his career at Burnley, but Tarkovsky is clearly the one who people are going to be after. I mean, I guess in Newcastle yeah. are, are going to be in for him yeah. as well. He's he's in a great position where he's he's going to get a decent move this summer. He's going to get paid handsomely for it. So, what is how how much Leicester want to be in that that bidding war? I suppose against Saudi Arabia. <laughs> 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 just wind, yeah, exactly just to wind this back
1: in before we uh, close the the show tonight tom I'll, I'll come to you first what's a good week look like now for leicester city uh bernie on tuesday leeds on saturday what's what's a good week for us what do we need what do we need
5: bloody hell
1: um
5: we absolutely just need the points uh, i know for the for the rest of the shows we've, we've all said we want a gritty win we want to put in a um, we want to see a good performance I'm past caring about the performance now I just want the points <laughs> so <laughs> what
1: about you Aidan yeah. is it performance over points or points over no, points no it's points it's points
2: uh, no it's, it's about points isn't it um, and we're coming off the back you know coming off the back of that win against Randers um, as untidy as it was I think we'll a good week is four points, you know, for out of two games. Obviously, an excellent week, six points, but I think we should be setting ourselves, get a point at Turf Moor and then go, go in front of a, a, a raucous, well, maybe not raucous, a, a loud King Power on, on Saturday. Start well, get the crowd behind us Saturday lunchtime and go and beat Leeds United. And they're four points out of six. That's a bit of a springboard into Arsenal and Brentford.
1: And um, Aaron, just to flip this back the other way, if we didn't pick up the points that we needed, is Brendan Rodgers still safe in his job after those two games?
4: Look, no, we had that debate. Was it the last podcast or the podcast before uh, uh, about how safe he is? And I think the consensus is that he's pretty much safe for other other reasons than kind of footballing reasons. Um, I suppose the question really is, is do the hierarchy at Leicester genuinely think that you're in a relegation battle? Because if they do, then that might make them make a decision. If they don't feel that that's where you're at, then then I don't see why you'd be going anywhere regardless of kind of what the results of the next two games are.
1: And Do you think, Joe, that Leeds might improve now? I know Aidan said that a new manager is not imminent. I believe that Jesse March, who is the uh, manager of Leipzig is, is likely to take over tomorrow. And, um, a new manager balance is real isn't it and there is danger for, for us there and we've got to be careful going into that game on Saturday.
6: Yeah I mean obviously you, you would love to play them at their haphazard worst but you know, who knows really I mean Le- Leeds is one of the biggest issues this season is that they've not been able to have Patrick Bamford and you know I, I, as far as I'm aware I don't think he's going to be back in time for the game so you know, they've still got that and they've not got Calvin Phillips yet either so you know, I think we should still be looking at that game to get three points. You know, I completely agree with Aiden. You know, four, four points from this week is is, is a good week. You know, anything less is you know, still a little bit concerned. But, yeah, you've got to be looking at Leeds and and, and seeing that one as three points uh, to, as an opportunity to kind of expose the defence somehow even worse than ours. I think the status always that they're the first team in Premier League history to score 20 goals in a month. Concede 20 goals in a month, which is yeah. quite incredible. They've conceded a 60 this season now, I believe. Um, and we're already in February.
4: They've got the second worst goal difference, haven't they? Yeah, but behind Norwich, I think.
1: You know, yeah, we're minus up to beat us 1 0 here, don't you? you know, that's what we're doing. <laughs> well. Guys, I think we need to, to start to look to wrap this up tonight. It's been a very very quick hour, and um, we're going to be sat here next week with Pontus Kamark, the ex-Leicester City defender who now works for the Premier League in Sweden. Uh, but for tonight, Joe, thank you so much for for your time. Will you come and join us again at some point in the season, maybe?
6: Well, given that I lost the last man standing, then yes, please. I'm you wondering. have to, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's trying to yeah. try and win it. Right. <laughs> yeah,
1: you thanks might be coming me. back on a lot with that, but let's see. Uh, Aidan, <laughs> thanks very much for for popping back on as well. It's been a long time. I hope you have a great week. Thank you, Mark. Tom, I'll see you on Saturday for the football. Look forward to having a beer with you.
3: You certainly will. And
1: Aaron, don't go getting any injuries like these other old folk down below you.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I will try my best.
1: (laughs) That's it for another episode of It's 11, it's heaven for Jamie Vardy. We hope you've enjoyed listening and we'll speak to you again next week.